Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Question, who here you like to work out your problems privately and bring your testimonies publicly? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, I only want to come to church when I got it all put back together. Anybody had a morning? You're like, I ain't put back together enough to get to church. Oh, I'm not saying anything to the people who are not here. We love you. But, but no, but, but there's something. Is, I think it's definitely the American way, the American way of individuality and you know, pursuit of happiness or whatever it is. We don't like to not have it together. And a lot of other cultures, having it not together is awesome because you get to throw a party. <laughs> Invite everybody to your party. And sometimes, anybody here, you've wrestled with self-pity? And so when something goes bad, you're like, finally, I have a reason to call people. No? 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 Seriously. You know what I mean? But, but it's a different... So one, a lot of times, self-pity goes, come party with me in hell. It's going to be wonderful. No, no, no. I don't want out of hell. I just want you to party with me in hell and agree with me that it will never get better. Nobody? Really? No, this is, self-pity was something I partnered with from like birth because I figured out, no, Masha and I talked about this. We were both very sickly kids because we discovered that that's how you get love. Like you you are not valuable, but when you have a problem, that's valuable. Anybody here you like were the person who surrendered yourself as a project to others? No, you are loved and you are valuable because of who God made you, not because of any problem that you have. You don't have to have a problem to be loved, but likewise, if you have a problem, it doesn't mean you're not loved. Because those are the two ditches, aren't they, right? One ditch is if you have a problem, get out of here. Some of us grew up in households like that. Come back when you've got it together. Others of us grew in households that you only get love when you have a problem. You see the, see the ditches? But the, in the middle is this place where you have infinite value. You are a person of purpose and destiny, but you have problems. And here's the part that really stinks. Is God will say, well, we want to work those out in private. He will invite us to ask people to partner with us. And it's, Heather, was it comfortable to have everybody praying for you? Yeah. Well, oh, well, good for you. Good. They, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, um, I had a, um, uh, I broke my ankle and I was wearing a cast and uh, actually God had healed the broken, like they took a, an x-ray and they're like, your ankle's broken. And I had had some people pray for me and they were like, but it looks like it's already healed. This was like two days afterwards. I checked with my friend who is a Mayo Clinic trained ER doctor. I said, is it possible I broke it before in this way and I didn't know it? And she's like, oh no, you would have known that. And so, so God had healed that. It was still had huge swelling and it was really messed up. And I had to wear one of those big black casts. And I went to a conference where people believed in healing. It was the worst thing ever. I mean, it's just like a big thing on your forehead. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? I'm like, I'm just walking normal. Walk normal. Don't, yeah, on crutches. Yeah, it was so bad. But I would like, okay, I'm going to be humble. I want the healing. I'm going to be humble. I'd be like, you can pray for And then, of course, I got to take it off so we can check it. 
12 minutes later, like, nope, it's not healed. And I get five feet further down the hall and, can I pray for you? It's not comfortable. It hurts. We don't, none of us likes to be, because the enemy says we are our problem. The enemy says we are brokenness. And, but the thing is, is in that vulnerability, God meets us. And the next morning I woke up and I've shared this before, but I woke up and it was uh, International Women's Day. I highly recommend celebrating that. It's better than Valentine's Day. Every woman gets celebrated. It's super awesome. But in Russia, it's super huge. And so I was ran, running out to get a card for Masha. So I got to the Kroger and I did not have time because she was in the shower. I knew my time limit. And so I, I, I just took off running down the card aisle and started to realize I'm actually running wow. without a cast, without a, and I was totally healed. But there's that, that place of vulnerability where we invite people to our battle. That's the phrase I like to use. We invite people to our battle. And, and nobody wants, who here loves being a bother? Nobody wants to be a bother. But at the same time, there's something about where we carry each other's burdens together. And I, I just know this, that a lot of times when I want to work it out in private, God wants me to work it out in relationship. And those, uh, there's some ditches there. So awesome. Well, that actually is leading us into where we've been. If you are uh, late to the party, we're going through Colossians. Oh, some of the best tasting scripture out there. Highly recommended. It's got a great Yelp review. Awesome. Um, and so we're going um, to start right at the end of chapter one, where we ended last time. And then we're going to, uh, but for, you know, again, if we could pull up those maps, this was a letter written to the church of Colossae. They're wrapped in, in, in a square there in what is now modern day Turkey. It was called the province of Asia of which the capital was Ephesus. And Paul spent three years in Ephesus, the capital, preaching the gospel in such a way that it tells us in, in Acts 19 that the, that the gospel went out through all of Asia, the richest province in the world at this time. It was an incredibly wealthy area. And so Colossae is actually, the next map, if we could, is in a, this valley of the Lucas Valley, or the, um, and there were three major cities, the city of Colossae, which was the original big city, but had fallen on hard times. There's the city of Laodicea, which was the big city. And then there was Hierapolis, which was uh, another prominent town. Um, Hierapolis had hot springs that provided hot water to Laodicea, and Colossus had uh, cold mountain water that they provided to Laodicea. And that's why they say that, that you know, you guys remember in Revelation, Laodicea, I wish that you were either hot or cold, but by the time the water got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. <laughs> you know, God, God is so cute, <laughs> the way he speaks to us out of where we're at. But anyway, so he's speaking, he's speaking not just to Colossus, we'll see, but he's speaking to this entire valley of people who've never met him. So if we can pull that up, why is my, man, I'm always in the wrong place. Awesome. All right, let's go ahead and start uh, in verse, uh, let's probably, we'll start with verse 27. To them, who's them? The believers in Colossae? Well, how would I know who them is? Read before. See, this was a trick. This was a trick. See, when we assume we know, we're never going to find out anything else, right? To them, 
um, to them, that is the Lord's people, right in verse 26, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now where we're starting, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim. Who is the he? Christ. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone, warning them and teaching them, everyone with all wisdom. In other words, there's nowhere else to go for wisdom. So that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend by my own efforts. How does he contend? With all the energy. What kind of energy? That Jesus supplies. Listen, when God is empowering you, it's amazing. When you and I are empowering it, it smells not like teen spirit. It smells like striving. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know how you can tell God is working in you? The harder you work, the more joy there is. The harder you work, the more life there is. The harder you work, the more uh, passion and the more uh, patience develops in you. When you and I are working, we become short, bitter, frustrated, mad, judgmental. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why isn't everybody working as hard as me? Jesus, tell Mary to help me because I am working for you. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not met me personally. He's contending for them? What does that look like? A little bit before, he talked about the sufferings of Christ. And we sang about the sufferings of Christ, if we suffer with him, right? And uh, I remember as a young believer reading that in Philippians 3.10 where it says, I want to know Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings. And man, add a little bit of teenage angst, a little bit of self-abuse, this is going to be fun, right? Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But this week, I was gripped. I was gripped. And I was gripped with sorrow. And I was like, Lord, what is this? Anybody here, you have negative emotions inside and you do everything you can to resolve them? No, I, I mean, like, it didn't, when you feel off, things are off inside, you either numb it, who are my numbers? Awesome. Okay, who, there's numb it, there is figure out where it's coming from and deal with it, or at least deal with the source of the problem, looking for options. No, anybody, right? Because we don't like to stay in that place of, ugh, do we? And I was doing all those things automatically. I'm, go, I'm not going to lie. And God said, what are you doing? I said, just trying to figure out who sinned. <laughs> Anybody done that? You're like, something's wrong. I got to figure it out. And God goes, whoa, 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 whoa. step back. And I realized what had happened was this sorrow that happens. Anybody here, you're doing really well with Jesus. You are enjoying the gospel, life and life. And there's somebody next to you not. No? Okay, good, good. This is important. This is important. People are like, no, everybody in my life is perfect. Um, I don't know about you, but what tricks me out of the joy of the gospel faster than anything is somebody else not enjoying Jesus and ruining my joy. So for me to be okay, I need to fix everybody in my environment. 
Where are my people? You know what I'm talking about. For me to feel okay, you have got to belly up to the bar of the gospel. You have got to be enjoying Jesus. I can't enjoy joy if you're not. This just got awkward. Awesome. You know, people are like, the married couples are leaning away from each other. I can enjoy Jesus if you're not. I'll just be downstairs. No, uh, there's this thing that we, that I was feeling and I wrote, Lord, what is it? He said, you are feeling This is the suffering of Christ. It's the suffering of a father who sees children who have all the best options making really bad choices and not manipulating and controlling them for their good. That's the suffering of staying in this place of love for people who are rejecting love and not defaulting to judgment, accusation, manipulation, or control. Does that sound fun? That's called suffering. That is what love does, though. Love holds us in this place and says, God, I will contend. And this is the contending he's talking about. I am staying on, holding on, saying, Jesus, you are the only way. I'm not going to, because we talk about this, the Jesus Plus program. So often we are looking at the gospel, we're enjoying the gospel, and then something happens in our life. And we get tricked out of stepping out of that Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory, and I need to add something to it. For me to be okay, Christ in me is not enough. I need to manipulate you. Christ in me is enough, but, well, there's this area over here that hasn't gotten dealt with yet, so I'm going to step out of it to deal with it. I'm going to learn tricks, techniques. Okay, I'm going to, this is awkward. Comparison. Where are my comparers? Thank you. Comparison is a big one how I get tricked out because I see you getting breakthrough where I haven't gotten breakthrough yet. So I run over to you and go, tell me your secrets, oh guru. How did you get breakthrough here? But their path is different than my path. Their issues are different than my issues. And what Jesus is dealing with them is different than what he's dealing with me. But he's dealing with them. And I got to let God deal with them and me deal with me. Worry about yourself. But he is contending with them. And part of the way he's contending, I talked with Warren this week. um, uh, uh, And and he was talking with somebody who was doing their best to drag him to hell. Anybody know that? Oh, no, you know, today's a bad day. The devil's on the war path. He's coming for me. Anybody, Anybody know that person? Anybody been that person? Oh, you know, preparing to die. Right? And, and Warren stumbled on my favorite form of self-defense. He just began to preach the gospel. <laughs> Listen, when the airplane, when the airplane uh, cabin pressure drops from the ceiling, we'll drop a mask. Please put it on yourself first before attempting to help others. If someone is luring us out of the gospel, the best thing we can do is hide ourselves in the supremacy of Christ. Hide ourselves in, I got to remember, I got to remember. As they're trying to impress me with hell, trying to impress me with their problem, I cannot, because whatever I'm impressed with, I empower. If you impress me with your sickness, I'm powerless to pray for you. I'm just as much impressed as you are. But if I'm impressed with Christ, then I can release his power and life on you. And that's why we do things in the body. Because listen, if you've lived with chronic pain and sickness, you are impressed with it. True? Can we just be real? You're impressed. It's real. It's honest. You need people who are not impressed with your stuff. 
to come alongside you and go, I'm not impressed. You should be. You, if, I don't think you understand how bad it is. Give me a little bit of time. I will impress you. No, we've got it. And so Paul is saying, I'm contending. Why? One, by diving into the gospel, but two, in making himself vulnerable to God's desires for these people that he hasn't even met, who are, all, who are making some good decisions, some bad decisions, but are actually being lured away from the simplicity of Christ. He said, my goal is that they, and by they, he means all y'all. They, they don't, I don't, this isn't a Southern Bible, so they don't have all y'all, but he's talking all y'all, all y'all. He said, my goal is that all y'all may be encouraged in heart. What is that? So why do you need courage? Courage is, is not, is when you're scared doing it anyway. Courage is, contrary to what's happening out of there, you make choices. So, so believing the gospel, uh, hope against hope right? But the, being encouraged to stand, as he talks about in chapter one, in perseverance and, and, uh, and endurance, standing in the gospel when it hasn't brought through what it's promised yet. One of the ways the enemy trips me up, not you, but me, is to believe that delay is denial. Anybody here been waiting on the promise of the Lord and got tired of waiting and decided to help God out? How does that work out? We could do a testimony time, shall we? No, people are like, we would not be encouraged. We would not be encouraged. I cannot tell you the number of times that I am confident I was this far from breakthrough and I was like, I can't anymore. I'll sort this out myself. You do that. Five years later, I come back. Okay, I'm ready again. Can we deal with this? He says that they may be encouraged, that y'all may be encouraged in heart, in your heart, even in the place of your emotions, even in the place of your deepest belief. You may have courage there because it's very personal, right? He said, and united. The word there is intertwined in love. Yes, Masha's giving me wise counsel. So in the world of community, there's two ditches. One ditch is me, myself, and I, and the other is the Borg. For sci-fi people, you are subsumed into the community. You have no identity. Sacrifice all for the common good. All right, so those are the two, the two ditches, and, um, and so you probably know where your indicator is, right? The, you know, a lot of us in America, we're much more likely to be over here. It's all about me, right? You know, it's, 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 it's about self-actualization. It's about, so a lot of times, so some of us have learned boundaries language, and boundaries are really, really good unless they happen to be Berlin Walls. Anybody, that, anybody have Berlin Wall's boundaries? Oh, no, you don't get to be here anymore. Ah, oh, and never come back, or we will put you in a gulag. Some of us embrace boundaries. We're like, thankfully, because we were so destroyed by community that we went to the other extreme and built an island. Who here, these are the way you do relationships. Ships passing in the night, you know, barely touch. 
but he said intertwined. Doesn't that sound messy? See, you, go, you have problems. You have issues. I can't let all your issues get up in here. Seriously. It's hard enough keeping me clean. Well, actually, you don't, don't open that closet. No, no. <laughs> Level of, of trigger right now is pretty high. Um, no, I should have had a big trigger warning at the beginning, but anyway, uh, you kind of signed the waiver when you walked in. Anyway, he said, my goal, the goal of all of my contending is that you be encouraged in heart and united in love. Why? Because if you're giving someone else authority for how you feel, you're done. Encouraged in heart. But if I make it, I'm trying to walk this out all by myself, I'm done. I'm done. Why? We, the whole point of the gospel is that God, from the beginning of time, desired relationship with you and me and to draw us into the life of the Trinity. It says, share in the divine nature. The whole point of the gospel is not to save us from sin, not to fix our lives, not to allow us to be fully self-actualized, not to achieve our destiny and purpose, but that we might be united with God through and in the midst of his body. And if we're trying to do it ourselves on our own, we miss the point. We miss the point. See, the Holy Spirit... So, uh, Anybody here... That, okay, this is... Wow, man. Sacred cows. Moving on. So anybody had this experience? Like, this is honestly... When I discovered Holy Spirit, I thought he was going to be like my, my personal self-actualization coach. Wow. He was going to give me all the power tools I needed to be awesome. Wow. <laughs> Only me? I was like, this is awesome, right? So Holy Spirit, but you know the purpose of the Holy Spirit? See, there's another name that Paul uses for the Holy Spirit. He says it's the Spirit of Christ. Huh? See, the whole point of the Holy Spirit is to remind us of Christ, Jesus. And the whole purpose of the third person, the second person of the Trinity is to do what? To be the way to the Father, The point of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, to encourage us, to strengthen us so we show up in relationships and show up in life to draw, to draw near to Christ and through the Father, that we are all united in God. None of this is for our own sake. See, God's destiny for you is his business, not yours. God's purposes for you are his business, not yours. When we take those purposes out of God's hands and try to walk them out on our own, we've just nullified the gospel. When we attempt, that's what the prodigal son did. The prodigal son tried to take things from the father and go out and fulfill himself. When we attempt outside of relationship, when we attempt to find our fulfillment outside of community, when we attempt to find ourselves outside, listen, first of all, I got to tell you, there are no perfect communities. Yeah. 
That's why this is a balance, right? Because sometimes the courage you need is to say, "Uh uh-uh. Anybody had to say, "Uh uh-uh, in church? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You haven't been here a while. No, you you will get a chance to say, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. It's like, "Mm mm-mm. The Holy Spirit in me is showing me this ain't good. I need to step away from this. But then there's, the thing is, is that sometimes, especially when we've been hurt by community, we pace a standard of 100% safety and 100% rightness as the standard whereby I will be in relationship with you. Only me? Right? And so we, the thing is though, it's interesting about this verb, united in love. Who does the uniting? Jesus. Jesus. And so why do I say this? This isn't a work that we do. I'm simply going to tell you, if you follow Jesus, he's going to lead you to people. He's going to lead you to relationship. He's going to lead you to vulnerability. He's going to lead you to the places you said, I will never go there again. He will do it to you. And if you've given full authority to other people for how you are and how you feel, he will lead you to himself. And you will have nights where you try to call 300 people and nobody picks up. Anybody been there? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those moments when you want somebody else to be your savior, you will not be able to find a hamster to pick up the phone. Well, if you found a hamster to pick up the phone, weird, but no, but do you know what I'm talking about? In that place, you will not be able. Why? Because he's like, I am your all in all, but I'm working that out in the midst of the body. (laughs) Honestly, a big part of the body is just simply to remind us when we forget how awesome we are in Christ, who he's made us to be, how good the gospel is. When we revert to works, Masha, listen, y'all couldn't handle living with Masha. First of all, she's too good for y'all. She's too good for me. But this is what happens. I begin to party with stupidity. Anybody been there? Well, no, and when, this is what it looks like for me, not for you. Um, so somebody is annoying me, and then I move to judgment, and then I move to condemnation, and then I try to do all this stuff, and I'm just, I'm a verbal processor, you might have noticed, and Masha just goes, huh. <laughs> she refuses to party with me, and thereby convicts me of righteousness. She doesn't have to convict me of sin. I'm doing that all on my own. She convicts me of righteousness, who I'm made to be. That doesn't sound like you. You're like a happy, joyful person. Now you just sound like a grouch. She doesn't even have to say a word at this point. She used to have to say a lot of words to get through this swill head. I'm getting faster. We need the body that reminds us who we are, reminds us what we're made for. But here's the deal. They only get to speak to the parts we're vulnerable about. So if we only (coughs) bring out the good stuff for public consumption, guess what? If we never truly allow ourselves to be known, guess what? They can't encourage us. They can't strengthen us. They can't love on us. And that's why 1 John, he says, confess your sins, your shortcomings, one to another, that you may be healed, restored. Why? Because anybody here, when you screw up, when you sin, when you mess up, you're extremely impressed with your own ability to be stupid. And you allow it to actually dictate who you are. You, oh man, this is who I am. I'll never be any better. 
The best things I've done is when I brought those things to Masha, Masha goes, that's not who you are. Obviously, you were dumb, but that's, you are not dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. Don't do it. Don't do it. She said that you may be encouraged and hardened, united in love, and the result of that will be that you may have the full riches. Full riches speaks to present tense in this life experiences of the results of the gospel, of the understanding, the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know, that means experience, the mystery of God. Once again, so often... I get out in trouble when I don't know something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see a situation, you can't figure out how to fix it. You've got a relationship, you can't figure out how to do, deal with it. You've got a problem, whatever it is. And I, what I do is when I don't know, I try to figure it out. Anybody? Who are my figurers? Figurers. Yeah. I try to figure it out. And he says, da, 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 da. the mystery, all the things you don't know are hidden in where? In Christ. Not on Google. Not on Instagram. Not on TikTok. In Christ. What that means is every single time I am walking out something that doesn't look like we Jesus promised and paid for, I don't leave Jesus to find it. I dive deeper in. Papa, you said this. You promised me this, but this is what I'm walking in. Jesus, this is happening. What do you want to do? I'm not going to change the direction. I'm not going to change the subject. I'm going to stay in this place, utterly dependent on you, God. What do you want to do here? You know what? Many times, I, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I've, I've used this probably a while ago, but anyway... I went through a really, really rough time where I was failing very miserably in the financial department. Anybody can get a witness? No, like I was doing sales, except I wasn't doing sales. And when you live on 100% commission and you're doing sales, but you're not doing sales, what does that mean? You're spending money, but you ain't making any. And I had a wife and I had a daughter. And I probably had a cat at that point. And the cat was going first. But anyway... And I, every single day, I remember I would roll out to this stoplight outside of where we lived and depression would just come on me. What's the point? Nobody cares. Nobody lives. And I cried out to God, God, what do I got to do? And he would go, and he would just whisper to my heart, just the quietest. You, you need to understand, <coughs> God speaks really quiet. But it would just be this idea, you should call so-and-so. I'm like, I'm not in the state to talk to anybody right now. It's not going to be good for them, not going to be good for me. But I don't have anything else to do. All right. And I call. And don't you know it goes to voicemail? Because I was in that place, right? In that place, I'm like, Jesus! Jesus! As it, the voicemail thing's going on, God begins to speak to my heart about his love and purposes for this person. So, Okay. So as I, the voicemail comes up, I begin to speak the things I'm hearing God saying he likes about this person, the things he's doing with them. Boom, 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 boom. I hang up. I'm a little bit encouraged. The light's still red. What do I do? Why don't you call this person? There were times I would have called five people, and 
None of them answered. None of them answered. And left a word for each one. By the end of that last one, I'd remembered who I am. And I didn't have the problem that I thought I had. Because if you ever talk to Jesus about your finances, a lot of times he's like, have you died yet? (laughs) But we're gonna. I'm planning on it. Right? No, the thing is, is so often the world, this is how we get tricked out of the gospel, is it's we live problem-centric. See, the devil always creates a problem that to lure you out of the gospel. What does he do? What does he do to Jesus? He says, you're hungry, feed yourself. What does he say to Eve? You're not like God, right? Whatever it is, he creates a problem that then he can be the solution to. The world is always problem-centric. How do we solve this problem? The gospel is solution-oriented. I start with him. I allow him to dictate the agenda. I allow him to dictate what's going on and how I respond to it. I don't leave him. I'm confident that although I'm not experiencing, I have everything I need for what? Life and godliness. Being like God in this life. How do I have it? Through the knowledge, through knowing Jesus. So if I don't have what I need, where should I go? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But the annoying thing is Jesus doesn't seem particularly impressed with our problems. Anybody tried to impress Jesus with your problems? None of you? Anybody? Yeah, thank you, thank you. I see that hand, I see that hand. No, the thing is, and anybody found he is not easily impressed at all. The very first thing when I come to Jesus is I lay my burdens at his feet. I give him my problems. I give him my issues and I allow him to dictate the agenda. And suddenly through him, I begin to experience the full riches, the full riches of, where are we here? The riches of complete understanding. Why? In order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm getting better, but Masha has heard me use this phrase way too many times. You know what the problem is? Anybody see a problem with my problem? Because I've now defined the situation by this problem. I've given this problem authority over all my life. And I'm not going to be okay until this gets resolved. I'm not going to be okay until your attitude improves. Because I don't have joy bubbling up inside. I don't. That's why the best self-defense is to preach the gospel, to remind ourselves, to strengthen ourselves in the Lord with what he says about us, rather than the problem that we're being confronted with. In order, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I've been tricked out of this so often, either in comparison. Well, anybody figured out we're not perfect yet? Okay, at least the person next to you isn't. Family celebrates progress. Religion demands perfection. If you've walked through anything with me, almost every single time, what you'll get me is beating you up with the father's pleasure in your progress. I was talking to someone the other day and they said they had taken a detour through hell. And I just, by the spirit, I said, 
you know what I sense God says is that you spent less time in hell than you've ever spent in time. You know, normally you'd go there for three weeks and you were out there in a couple hours. And they're like, yeah, I was out in a couple hours. I said, isn't that amazing? And they're like, that wasn't where I was going. <laughs> See, if I was fully in Christ, I would never go to hell. But God's like, you only went for two hours. That's amazing. And you came to your senses all on your own. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Normally you have to go like through three hours of inner counseling or I don't know, I don't know what. Family celebrates progress. Religion demands perfection. I can't be okay in this relationship unless you're perfect. One of the best ways that husbands and wives do is they let, I, a lot of times, anybody here tried to manage somebody else's relationship with Jesus so you can be okay? Many ladies winced. <laughs> no, the thing is, is I'm going to be okay no matter what you choose. Because I'm going to follow Jesus. He's going to give me grace. He's going to give me wisdom. Yeah, he might teach me about boundaries. He might, but I don't have to download the entire boundaries teaching in order to be okay. Because Jesus, you guys, if you were here last week, you, you saw this analogy. I'm about to have something other than an analogy here. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is not the earth. That is an egg. <laughs> a lot of gravity on that earth. All right. It's a little closer to, well, anyway. Anyway, that's the earth. Take it by faith. And in the middle of the earth, he placed a garden, the garden of pleasure, the garden of Eden. And the call of humanity in Genesis chapter 1 is to what? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. They were given a small piece, and they were going to fill the earth. Now, this is what the enemy does. The enemy goes, oh, what about this over here? What about this over here? What about this over here? What about... Blah, 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 blah. Do you know the only parts that Adam and Eve needed to be concerned with? Where they were and where the garden was expanding. Where they had authority. Where they were called to be. They didn't have, they weren't here, so it didn't matter. But the enemy always tries to lure us to think about over here. What about yourself? Worry about, worry, allow. And one of the things I found about God, he's a good father. He usually is only dealing with one thing at a time. Anybody had somebody try to convince you there were other things you needed to worry about? And you didn't even know how messed up you were, but they were gracious. and Have you considered your generational line? Oh my gosh. Now listen, we've taken care of from Noah to Adam, but have you taken care of your line all the way back to Noah? I mean, come on. You, I mean, you gotta get free. Because the cur God, Jesus was the curse, but just for a limited time. And you've got to apply the blood of Jesus very carefully. Pull up. Um, no, but, but anybody here, you, again, you were like, oh, you know what? You know what? Wow. You're obviously not healed in this area, but I'm an expert and I can help you. I can tell you're struggling in an area you've never realized you were struggling. <laughs> Listen, I got great news. You ain't perfect. You got a lot of mess in your life. You are completely, but your garden is expanding. And how dare I tell you where your garden needs to be expanded so I can be okay? Wow. 
worry about yourself. You do you, but we do it together. And our gardens bump up against each other, don't they? Anybody found out gardens bumping up against each other can cause problems? Or maybe a bigger garden. A bigger garden. And so, so this thing of the garden expanding, it brings this, this the, the fullness of... And so it says in this, it says... I tell you this, I tell you that you were meant to be a united in heart, I mean, uh, encouraged in heart and united in love, that you can know these mysteries. I tell you all of this. Why? So that no one may deceive you with fine sounding arguments. Okay. Who here has felt that you're not smart enough to be a follower of Jesus? I see it. I see it. I see this all the time. People come in and they're, oh, you blah, 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 blah. oh, you don't know the scripture in the Greek? You don't know this? Oh, you haven't read this book? Who here has been shamed because you didn't read a particular book? Shame on them. <gasps> no, the thing is, he said, forget about the nice sounding arguments. If it lures you away from the supremacy of Christ, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. For though I'm absent in the body, I am present with you in spirit in other words, he's praying and he's sensing what God's doing in their midst and delight to see how disciplined you are. Oh, thank you. And firm. What are they disciplined in? Their faith. Trusting in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. How did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? Did you know all the answers? How did, did you do the right things? Um, were you super amazing and earned like a special pass? How? By faith. By simply trusting in the word of God that he is not against me, that he's for me, that he loves me, that he's paid for everything, that he's taken my sins upon me, that he is his fire and life. He wants to live in me. He doesn't want to be separate from me. He's never been against me and that he is for me. Amen. Just believe that. He said, in. So, in the, so just in the way that you receive Christ Jesus, not by your effort, not by your, but by simply receiving from him, continue to live your lives or walk in him. Walk. Now, here's a question. If I am going to go to the back of the room, well, this isn't really a question. I'm going to walk, right? But I took a step, but I'm not at the back of the room. I must not be okay. The enemy will attempt to use the very promise of God of who you will become to shame you that you're not that yet. Does that make sense? This is why he talks about the hope. See, that first step is hope. What is it? I am tasting, present tense, a portion of the fullness that's coming so that I will be encouraged to keep stepping. Stepping in what? With Christ. And I won't get distracted by, oh, you haven't arrived yet. No, I haven't. I'm not. There's more. The best is yet to come. We were talking about with Laura earlier. I love that line. The best is yet to come. He says, so that you continue to live your lives in him. How do we live our lives in him? Rooted. Rooted and built up in him. So that now, now we've gone from walking to, to tree language. So a tree, does a tree move? A tree is confident that it has everything it needs right where it is. 
draws water from the earth, from its environment, and then it receives sunlight. And out of that effortlessly, it produces fruit. It doesn't move. Anybody know what happened when you move a tree? A lot of times it dies, but it definitely, they've done studies, it brings, it brings um, trauma to the root system where it, it has a hard time receiving nourishment. You can replant it, but then you gotta do a lot of stuff to get it going. God doesn't want you to move. He wants you to stay in the place you started and grow up into who you were made to be. You were just in seed form, but he is forming himself in you. Built up, strengthened. No, so rooted and built up in him, strengthened. Okay, these are verbs that are passive. It means it's being done to us. Who's doing it? You know he's doing it. Come on, he's doing this. He is the one who's doing it in us. If we will, as he said earlier, if we won't, if we will stand firm in this faith. strengthened in the faith. So even our ability to trust him, he wants to strengthen our ability to trust him. It's, it's all him. And overflowing with what? Thankfulness. So if you guys caught it, we were, did a, a series of interviews with Scott. Uh, and on Thursday, we were talking about this thing. And he was talking about a moment when he'd forgotten the gospel and gotten lost along the way. Like, I don't know about you. I can get lost between my coffee and breakfast. But anyway, and, and, he was, and I was like, so how did you find your way back? And he said, I was honest about where I was missing it. That's the first thing. Got to be honest. Second thing is I remembered. I reminded myself of who God is, and I began to thank him for who he is and what he's done in me. As we begin to remember all the things he's done, all the things he said, all the things that we are told we have but are only experiencing a little bit of, guess what? It begins to grow in us. It begins to manifest more and more. And we find ourselves back in this place of joy and hope. And here's why I want to end. Every single one of us we, we get lured out of the place of the garden, the place where we walk with him in the cool of the day, where we experience God. It might be the people in our lives, right? That I need to solve so I can be okay. It, it could be someone's told us I have a whole series of problems I have to sort out to be okay. And I, I need to figure out my relationship with somebody, whatever, I don't know. It could be I need money. It could be I need a job. It could be I need a wife. It could be I need uh, whatever it is. It's a problem, right? And God wants to call us back to the garden where he shows us how he's expanding, where he encourages us how he's expanding our garden, how he shows us what he's doing in us and where we allow him to show us what the next step is, walking in him. If we can have the worship team come up, There was a lot of words, but I want to bring it down to this. He is our all in all. And if we made something else necessary for our life and godliness, we're going to be struggling. We, he doesn't, God doesn't have a problem. He has a solution. If we could stand. Papa, I just ask right now that you would affirm in our hearts the fact that you are the answer. 
You are the solution. Whatever we've used as, as, a, as the exclusion that we have to step out of peace, step out of rest, step out of faith to solve, Lord, we repent. We say, forgive us. Lord, we lay at your altar the problem and even the need to get it resolved right now for us to be okay. We lay it at your feet and we say, Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Set the agenda. Lord, remind me of what you've done in the past that I might walk in thankfulness, walk encouraged in heart, and show me the people that I'm supposed to be united with, intertwined with, walking this out with. In your beautiful name, amen.